<laughs> hey, well, good afternoon, everybody. Oh, you're starting it. I'm okay. starting. Even though, I'm jump, okay. jumping in. Go for it. Um, so we started our Philemon series. Hope you guys are enjoying that or enjoyed it this week and uh, enjoyed talking about it. And I think I had a lot of uh, really good feedback this week. Um, so obviously we, we jumped right in. So uh, let's do this. Pastor Sean, Pastor Joe here would we'll take a little time this week and just talk about forgiveness. What does that look like? What does that mean? I didn't spend a lot of time unpacking that in the sermon. And uh, for those of you who don't know, Pastor Joe is actually working on his doctorate in biblical counseling. And so he just got back this week from some of his classroom time. And and I know you probably put as much, much or more thought into these kind of topics than I have. Um, you're quickly becoming what I call the counseling expert around here. So, mm. so, um, so let's talk a little bit about forgiveness. You've been you've been wronged, um, and there's there's a lot of ways to do this. Sometimes you've been wronged, and you go and talk to a person, and and you work things out and have reconciliation. That's one thing. You've been wronged, and um, it's not even possible to talk but to the person. Maybe they've passed, or you know, there's you know, you have to work through forgiveness in your heart that way. Or you've been wronged, and um, the person that wronged you doesn't even want to talk to you anymore. So there's, you know, so let's talk about maybe those three things. So you've been wronged and it's a Christian brother, sister, uh, a spouse even, and there's a process for making that right. How do we do that? Yeah. So, um, I think as, as a Christian, you, if you've been sinned against, um, first and foremost, you need to remember that you're a sinner yourself. And so I think just being reminded of the uh, the high cost of forgiveness uh, on God's end by crucifying His sons, His son, not sons plural, but His son. Um, this could venture off into something. This could lead to an elders I, meeting. <laughs> so, um, but he, I mean, Christ was crucified so that we could be reconciled to God, mm-hmm. uh, and so remembering that 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 is uh, the length. Uh, 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 that's how far God was willing to go to provide reconciliation between us and Himself, mm-hmm. and so that's a. Um, it's good for us to give consideration to that on a daily basis, especially when um, we are dealing with horizontal re- our, our relationships with other people. Uh, and so, I think from that point, you kind of come to a fork in the road, and so you 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 have um, dual passages like love covers a multitude of sins. Uh, and you have um, uh, essentially Matthew 18 stuff. If 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 your brother sins, go go, go to him. Uh, so when when do you do that? And I think you come to this fork in the road where uh, I can either uh, apply that love covers a multitude of sins principle and say I'm in this moment choosing to forgive this person, even if they didn't realize that they've offended me, and I'm never going to bring it up again. Like it's right. it's never going to come up again. Um, th- that's what I'm going to do, and, and that's a, a God honoring way to uh, a- approach it. Uh, if you can do that, if you can't do that, if it's man, this is this is a sin against me that I can't let go, and I and I can't get past unless there's a conversation that takes place. Then th- that's when you need to uh, to be willing to to go to that person in humility and in love with the goal of glorifying God and being reconciled to one another. So that's that's really good. So how in your heart and in your mind do you determine which is which? I'm able to, because I think a lot of times people maybe convince themselves they don't need to talk to someone, yet 
you know, that that bitterness is affecting them. Yeah. So how do you determine when it's... So some of it, for me, is is it's a Hebrews 3 piece. It's um, be careful that, and I'm paraphrasing, that you're not deceived by the deceitfulness of sin. Uh, we share in Christ if we hold fast to the profession. And so if there's this sin that has been committed against you, or if you're observing the sin of someone else, and that sin is potentially going to lead them to death, lead them to... Uh, abandon the faith, and again, that's that's not um, uh, that's not the same. Me saying that is not they're losing their salvation, but you're concerned about this brother or this sister and the trajectory that that they're on. So you're going out after them out of a concern, not of just I need to reconcile this relationship with them, but if this is a habit that I'm observing and this is this danger dangerous sin that they're being consumed with, I see this pattern. This is a this is a pattern. This isn't a one time deal. Uh, I, I need to go to them out of concern for their soul. Uh, and so it's a, it's a, it's a also a, a love for my brother or my sister, um, understanding that God has called me um, to uh, be a means of grace for them as, as their brother and sister of Christ, by which they can repent of sin and persevere in the faith. Does that make sense? So you're saying, man, my concern is for them. And when it's deep-seated that, man, I'm really concerned about the trajectory of their life. I want to go talk to them. Yeah, absolutely. And so how do you separate that from, man, this hurt me really bad? Yeah. And so I would, if it hurt, if it's hurt you to the point where you can't get past it, you need to have a conversation with them. And it needs to be one that's been bathed in prayer. It needs to be one, again, where you've contemplated that you've sinned against God and, and He's forgiven you and He's loved you and He's persevered you. And it needs to be with the goal that um, I, I, I want to be reconciled in this relationship. And so it, it doesn't need to be, I'm going to confront them and my words are going to be daggers. And I'm going to confront them in a way that's hurtful to them. I'm going to confront them in a way just so I can express my hurt. My hurt. It, right. There needs to be a, a God-centered motive of restoration behind that conversation. Um, but if the, if the goal is just, I got to express my hurt, and there's no God-centered strategy behind it, uh, you should uh, maybe talk to a counselor or a pastor about um, your motives, just helping you to discern your motives before you go and and have that conversation. Good. That's great. Okay, so that's uh, maybe a good... good, guideline for how do we go talk to a brother or sister in Christ? How, how do we process hurt when the person is, we're not able to talk to the person? Yeah. So, and I think that can happen in multi, in a, uh, some different scenarios. Um, one of them may that maybe that it's an inappropriate for you to reach out to them. So maybe if you've been sinned against, uh, God forbid, maybe it's someone who's physically harmed you in in some way uh and and it wouldn't it wouldn't be healthy for you to it's unsafe yeah it's unsafe for you to to approach them and and uh about that uh, a, a vertical thing needs to take place between you and God this this transactional one to prevent bitterness uh from from growing in your heart toward this individual um uh, and again this is good for your this is good for your soul um, but when when bitterness sinks deep down and and it kind of festers with all these hurts that this person is has caused you, 
Um, it can make you very anxious. It can it can put you in a very depressive rut. It can um, make you unproductive for the kingdom of God. Um, it can can make you. Uh, it, it can just affect absolutely everything. It can affect your marriage. It can affect you parenting. Um, it can paralyze you. And so for the glory of God and for the sake of your own soul, it's good for you to deal with that hurt in a vertical way, um, uh, which includes forgiveness. Now, forgiveness can't be transacted to the offender if you're not able to go, if the offender doesn't come to you and, and ask for forgiveness and, or, or it's inappropriate for that to happen, um, but there can be this vertical thing where you are in this um, posture of forgiveness, that, that your heart is prepared um, to give forgiveness if the Lord ever grants that offender a repentance, hmm. um, which, which is the hope, which is the hope. And so in order to do that, you, you really do have to abide in Christ. You have to cast the, those anxieties, those seeds of bitterness, the unforgiveness that can all be found in our, in our heart because we want justice. Um, we, we, we want to be the ones to serve justice, or we want the other person to hurt as much as we've hurt. Um, we need to flee that and repent of that and cast that nature. It's already been cast because the work of Christ is done, but it's helpful for us to remember that our sinful old nature was cast onto Christ, and Christ's new nature is freely given to us. And so there's no um, business for that kind of stuff to be in our heart. And so we have to take that to the Lord, and we have to let go of it, and then we have to look at our role if God ever puts that relationship um, in our path again, and it, it doesn't have to be, you know, it could be, um, maybe it's a, a parent that was abusive to you growing up that um, has never acknowledged their abusiveness um, towards you, um, and, and there's this strained relationship. Um, the, the goal is, and your role is to see yourself as a type of evangelist if the Lord ever brings that relationship back into your life. And you can't be a evangelist if your heart isn't ready to distribute forgiveness to that, that person and, and you're not willing to, to potentially move forward. I, again, if the, if the Lord allows that relationship to be in your life, if you, you can't do that if you're not in a, in a place where you've truly trusted God with that specific circumstance or transgression um, that's happened against you. Right. So how, how, how would you recommend someone put themselves in a posture of forgiveness? I mean, you hit on it, but give me a couple steps. Um, I, so I think first and foremost, I think it's helpful to be able to talk it out with, uh, godly brothers and sisters is, 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 yeah. And so I think community, um, people that you know, are going to give you biblical sound advice. Um, How do you choose your community on a sensitive issue? I think, um, well, one, I, I do think that there's a place for, um, take take this for instance, I, I, I think it's people, it, it could be a spiritually mature brother or sister that's within your small group context, but if you're talking about the qualifications, I think you need somebody that is going to take the Bible seriously. I think it's somebody that, that knows you, that can persevere with you, that's not going to tell you what you want to know, won't, uh, want to hear, but what you need to hear. Um, and um, uh, a safe place, somebody that's not going to gossip your business, right. you know, somebody that you can trust with confidential in- information. Um, 
but uh, somebody that's willing to counsel you on your sin and not talk about the other person's sins. A lot of times that's how our relationships, I think, go sour, is I'm going to come to you and I'm going to talk about somebody in the room that's not present, but I'm not going to talk about me. Your so stuff, right. You want somebody that can really speak to you and what's going on in your heart. That's the, the kind of, of counsel that you want from whoever it is that, that you get if they call themselves a Christian. Um Okay, so you got your community piece. So you got your community piece. I mean, I, and I think a lot of it is, and maybe I should have said this first. This is in no particular order, but um, you definitely have to have spiritual disciplines in play. You need you need time where you're, you're communing with the Lord, and so um, I look at it as a Psalm fifty one piece. And search, search me, um, really making that a theme of your prayer, Lord. Search my heart and reveal to me the uh, the things that I need to let go of, the things that I need to give to you, the things I need to repent of. So that um, the the bitterness and unforgiveness that I'm harboring doesn't consume me and make me numb and insensitive to you and your spirit and your word, because that's what unforgiveness and bitterness does: is it makes you callous to the things of God. It makes you a cynical person, um, makes you a person that people don't want to be around. I mean, that, that that's the fruit of uh, having unforgiveness and bitterness in your heart, and hmm. neither one of those belong in in the life of a, a believer. And so I think the spiritual disciplines are important. Prayer, um, Bible intake, confession of sin. Um, I think corporate um, uh, worship, and again, I know that's that can fall into the spiritual discipline, but um, I think sitting through corporate worship, hearing the preaching of God's Word and not thinking so-and-so needs to hear this, thinking I, I need to hear this, allowing the Word of God to wash over you and seeking to apply the, the preaching of the Word of God is important. Um, I think those are all steps. And, and there's gospel-centered resources out there that you can, uh, Christ-centered resources. There's uh, a book called Peace Peacemaker um, by, Ken Sandy. Uh, by Ken Sandy that's mm-hmm. an excellent book on that. There's some stuff uh, called—one of the best books that I've read on um, forgiveness and reconciliation is a book called Pursuing Peace by uh, an— uh, a guy named Robert Jones, Robert D. Jones, and it gives some really practical steps on how to be a uh, a peacemaker in the relationships that you're in, and how to be edifying and not uh, not someone who who seeks to to tear down, even if you're the offended party. Um, and so I I think those are all some uh, very practical, tangible things that you can you can put in place that can help to shape your mind on, um, man, remembering I've, I've been forgiven in Christ. Therefore I'm called to forgive. And, and me being in a posture of forgiveness is not contingent on whether or not the, the offender asked me for forgiveness. And then even being reminded that not only are you somebody who needs forgiveness because you've offended God, but you offend other people. Like you're in a you're you're not just a victim you're an offender, um, and uh, and that so offen- that offends me that, that you say me. that. Yeah. And so not having not having blind spots on there may be things that are yeah. coming out of your mouth that, that are harmful toward other people as well. And that keeps you humble, right? That reminds you that you know, yes, I've been hurt, but I'm also a a person that hurts, yeah. and so it keeps me humble and hopefully approachable. You know, yeah. as well, that someone can approach me when I've hurt them and I can own it. Yeah. You know, and say, yep, you know, I could see me doing that. So, yeah. and seeing uh, your role too, I think, is primarily you're an ambassador, an ambassador of Christ. So, how should an ambassador of Christ 
behave. Right. Um, and we, we can't stay. And there's some heinous sins that have been committed against people that I know that I love. And, and, um, all, and there, there's no excuse for them. Um, but we can't control other people. We can only um, be good stewards of ourselves and what God's entrusted to us as individuals. And so I don't want to allow uh, the, the world, the flesh, the devil to uh, paralyze me to the point where I can't be an ambassador for Christ. I, I don't want to become this perpetual victim that um, that's not effective for the kingdom of God, and that's what's at stake. and uh, And I've heard testimonies of that before. Man, I've become so bitter, be- bitter because somebody sinned against me, and and now fifteen years later, um, I recognize that that was my sin. This uh, bitterness was my sin against that person, even if they offended me. And for 15 years, not done anything. I haven't done kingdom. anything. I've been such a poor steward of my time, uh, and so right. we 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 got to get out of the mentality of uh, we, we can't claim the identity of of victim. Right. Um, that that's not our identity. Our identity is adopted sons and daughters of the Most High King, who are called to be ambassadors for Christ. So I'm going to ask you a question we didn't prep for. Um, so Christ calls us to forgive many, many times, 70 times seven. I mentioned that in the sermon this week. Um, you're in a close relationship with someone. Um, it's an unhealthy situation for whatever reason. And they, they keep breaking un- boundaries that are hurtful to you. How do you for- continually forgive someone yet protect? Protect protect yourself from being trampled on over and over and over and over again, over the same offense. Is this? <clears throat> I know this is hypothetical, but are, are we talking about this? Is a so if you're in an unsafe relationship, if you're being no, physically not, yeah, abused, yeah, no, 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 or, no, I wasn't thinking that. But, oh, okay. You know, um, if you want to address that, but now that you've thrown it out there. No, well, I was just <laughs> I didn't know what the the scenario was because I was going to say if you're being physically abused yeah. by your spouse or, or yeah. someone, then you need to be in a sa- you need to get in a safe place is is a, yeah. is a priority before you can work through other things. So, I, I, like in the sermon when I mentioned that you know, um, the the, the Philemon lends itself to the po- to, to, the, ahead, po- to the possibility. <laughs> we're fussing about how to pronounce this letter, um, but it lends itself to the possibility that Onesimus stole money from Philemon. So if Philemon takes him back, I even suggested in the sermon it might be unwise to put him over the f- money box right away. You know, so I talked, I t- briefly mentioned the idea of boundaries. You know, that's a win-win for both parties for there to be time for healing so is there a place in the forgiveness process for boundaries that protect maybe your heart or protect everybody involved absolutely i i think it should be ideally um the so let's just take this as a husband and wife for instance um uh, i think both of them should be in counseling and i think it could be profitable for, for for there to be some separate sessions because what you would be counseling so say the guy's the offender more common than not, right? <laughs> the um, uh, and he's he's genuinely repentive. Uh, uh, he sees a sin and and you know, but that doesn't mean he may he may not 
sin against his his wife again. Ideally, the men of the church are going to provide some support and accountability right here for this man. He, it's not just a, he's out there by himself. Oh, he's repentive, and that's the end of it. He said he's repentive. He seems like he's repentive. I, okay, I trust you. Um, there needs to be some processes in place, which I think is biblical. You know, we, we kind of see the process that uh, that we have in, in Matthew chapter 18, and, and I think we can tie some, the, the goal being reconciliation, but then you have the the woman. We should be counseling the woman on, man, I, I acknowledge this, this hurt that you have here. Um, I, he, he hurt you deeply, and whatever that is, uh, and there's no excuse for the hurt that he caused you. Uh, he's, he, he is repenting and trusting Christ, um, and uh, he's repenting and trusting Christ, and so now I got to work with you on what forgiveness looks like for for him, because for and so there's there's uh, trust can't be withheld while distributing forgive. Like I've heard that before too. Well, I've forgiven this person, but I don't trust. I, I still don't trust them because trust has to be earned. I'm like, well, that. That's not how God deals with with us in the in the in the gospel, um, and and so I, I find a difficult time with with someone saying I've forgiven you, but I don't trust you. But ideally, the church is going to come around that couple or whatever relationship uh, and provide support, mm-hmm. counseling both parties, both the offender and both the offended. The offended being here's what forgiveness looks like. And the offender with, here's what repentance looks like, and here are the boundaries that we as a church are placing on you and are holding you accountable to. And there's this understood path for both the offended and the offender um, party. But when those things aren't in place, you're kind of, it's a shot in the dark, which is why it's so important for these types of scenarios to be... um, uh, filtered through a process that the local church sets up, right. which is Very what important. I love about yeah. community. I just keep coming back to community yeah. as we've been talking. And I think even when I'm hurt, you know, having someone that I can share my hurt with that will then speak to my sin in the hurt is yeah. in, it's been invaluable to my life. It's huge. Um, so that that person can call me the carpet when there's bitterness that I should let go of, you know? And, and I think as far as the, the importance of community um, I've seen this so many times, especially in marriages at Coastal, that bringing that freshness of it does, I can trust a person, but my feelings catching up in trust takes time. Yeah. And so the offended party knowing, hey, you've got a supportive community holding this person accountable yeah. to what they're saying they've repented of is invaluable yeah. to that process. That yeah. a lot of times when people aren't a part of a church and don't join in church membership. And they're, they're, and this is where churches, by not having a discipline process, it hurts the whole forgiveness process, yeah. even all the way down to marriages, because yeah. that church brought, brings an invaluable piece to, yes, we're holding this person accountable to what they're acknowledging they're repenting of. Yeah. And 
that can bring a lot of comfort to the offended party, yep. you know. So yep, absolutely, you know, knowing they're not out there by themselves, exactly, and trying to determine on their own if this person is really changed yep. and really repentant, and um, so yeah. And I think just even things to do, I mean, being preemptive on the front end, like we all experience conflict in some shape, form, or fashion. So being preemptive on the front end when you're outside of, quote-unquote, conflict, um, so that you can equip yourself with just some practical tools on, and if, if, when, not if, but when conflict arises in various relationships, uh, how do I respond in a God-centered way, uh, I think is really important as well, because the you know, sometimes you end up with the couples that the couples are just people, individuals. It is not just limited to, to couples, but that are are uh, good about making sure that they're equipped to respond and not react. That's another like a lot of us just react. We don't respond, but mm-hmm. um, people that equip themselves to respond uh, are really able to to navigate conflict quite well. And they understand that it should be navigated within the context of the local church, not divorced from the local church. And then I think a lot of conflict, just as a side note, um, I found that a lot of conflict doesn't come from uh, doctrinal issues in the church or uh, even philosophical issues from the church. Sometimes our conflict comes in... um, we all, uh, our consciences are convicted to do certain things, um, just based off of the way we've informed our consciences. Um, but the Bible doesn't speak to it being right or wrong. Um, so, so take parenting. Maybe you parent one way. I choose to parent a different way. The Bible doesn't speak to this. To everything, <laughs> yeah, right? to exactly how you're supposed to parent. Right. Uh, I homeschool you public school, you know, whatever the deal is. Right. And there can, if you're passionate about that and I'm passionate about that, and I think I'm right and you're wrong, you think you're right and I'm wrong, we can have some conflict there on an issue that this, the scriptures aren't speaking to. And so under, having some grace and some flexibility for people that have a different mindset and a different worldview that doesn't violate the scriptures, we need to have grace for that. And I think a lot of conflict and relationships can be avoided when we realize that some of the things we do and think, uh, you can't turn to chapter and verse four, right? Um, and so it extends some some grace in in those those areas. Do you I, drink alcohol? Not drink alcohol? Like what? You, yeah. you Are know, you asking I, me? <laughs> on record, so. no. But I'm just you know it can you can get the the teetotalers over here and then the exactly. the the people who like to really celebrate their liberty and put it in your face. Both you know yeah. it can be too too extreme. Which I think is the broader theme of Philemon, which is we have to work through differences and through conflict for the bigger goal of the gospel yeah. of making Christ famous and in the kingdom of God. You know, bringing heaven to earth. Through the Lord's, you know, the Lord's prayer and and making the gospel famous. So all these, we have to figure out how to work together. Um, verse six, which I hit on this week, was this idea of fellowship. That we fellowship is the partnering together to for the for the gospel to go forward, and that requires conflict resolution. It requires forgiveness. It requires reconciliation. And so, you know, one of the things I say a lot around here is we've got to major on the majors and and use wisdom on the things that are really minor issues and uh, partner together for the kingdom. So I'm sure we'll talk a lot more about forgiveness in the next couple of weeks as we go through Philemon. And um, so 
Um, here's where it gets weird as I describe this to you guys. Josh Hazel usually runs this podcast for us. He stepped out, so I don't know how we're to just turn. by ourselves. By, and and as we've been talking, the light is on a um, on a timer and has gone off and on with no motion in the room. So we were sitting in the dark for a while. Yep. Now the light is on, so it's been super weird. You made it more weird by bringing attention to that. That was nice. Yeah. Well, well, I'm trying that. to describe our audience. Yeah. Our, I don't know. We're six, sitting six, on a, six or seven listeners. We're sitting on a couch by ourselves in the dark. In, in, in the dark. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, I think accountability is important. So, anyway, all right, guys, have a great week and and uh, look forward. Maybe next week we can take some questions if you have any as we go through the series. All right, bye.